Holy Spirit, make yourself known in this room. God, in our hearts. And God, wherever we go, God, let the Holy Spirit's presence be made known. God, when I walk home and I walk into the front door, let my house become a house of the Holy Spirit. When I walk to church camp and I walk in, God, let where I stand become a house of worship and become a house of the Holy Spirit. When I go into work, God, let me walk in there and immediately the Holy Spirit is engulfed in everybody in the room because I am there and not because of me, but because of who is inside of me. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. You are welcome in me. You are welcome to the men and women of God in this room. Holy Spirit, make your presence known. And Holy Spirit, when I walk somewhere, when they walk somewhere, when we walk into a place where you've never been before, come flood the place. Change the atmosphere. That lives and hearts and people be set free and changed. It's all about you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You guys can be seated. Man, I'm pumped. I'm pumped for tonight. Thanks so much to our worship team. Um, a sad night for me. This is the last night that uh, Maria will be with us for a couple a couple months. Maria was a girl that's sitting right here singing for us. Maria, we're going to miss you so much. We'll see you soon, though. Uh, Maria is going to spend the summer in Michigan. Um, Maria, please don't do that ever again. <laughs> Man, it's going to be a good night. Let's pray. Jesus, speak through me. Let your will be done. God, you do it, because if I do it, I'm going to drop the ball, I'm going to fail. So God, do it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you see somebody you don't know sitting near, near you, look at them. Make eye contact. Make it awkward. Make it awkward. Make it weird. Say, what's up? Like, what's good? Sweet. Love it. Just want to make sure. Just want to make sure. Um, and if it's not awkward, after service, find them. Make eye contact. Cam, I know you, but I'm going to make it awkward. Just kidding. <laughs> Man, tonight, tonight's game was fun. Um, I realized that Camden, Camden, where you at, bro? What's up, dog? You doing good? Good stuff. Glad to hear it. I'm reading your brain right now. It's all good. Um, I realized Camden was um, a beast when he did this. When he made, like, one of the only five-point shots in the game, he did this. I just walked. I was like, that man, like, my testosterone levels are rising just being near him. You know what I'm saying? He is the embodiment of chest hair. If chest hair was a personality, Camden, it's you, bro. When I grow up, I want to be just like, okay, Jesus, help me. Let's jump in. That's Suspicious, part two. Last week, we started a series called That Suspicious. Someone say, That's Suspicious. That's suspicious. One more time. Say it with your chest. Say, That's suspicious. That's suspicious. I love it. To all my sixth graders in the room, welcome. Maddie, what's up, girl? How you doing? This is Maddie's first Wednesday. You are officially a VIP member. Yeah. We had other sixth graders in the room, but I ran into Maddie at Walmart today. So she's special. I got to see her twice today. Um, Wyatt actually cheated the system. If you have little siblings, you're allowed to cheat the VIP room system. 
um, because Wyatt gets to go to the VIP room for free for the next three weeks. He says, oh yeah, Maddie, I brought her. <laughs> that's my guest. That's suspicious. Someone say, that's suspicious. That's suspicious. That, that's we- no, no. <laughs> Jesus, help me, I need you. I have enough caffeine in me to kill a horse. Honestly, I, uh, I go to this place uh, called the Southern Cup. If you've never been to the Southern Cup, you need to go. It's incredible. Miss Jen Buckner, Pastor Harley, our worship pastor, his mother-in-law owns it now. Um, and there's a drink called the uh, Blitz there, the Atomic Sunrise Blitz. And I drank one, a 32-ounce one, uh, which I usually do. Not a big deal. I usually drink Red Bulls on Wednesdays and that. Not a big deal. But then I get a text from Keith Kinzer. Keith? What's up, dog? You're literally my hero. He's like, hey. I'm like, hey. He's like, I got something for you. I'm like, you're awesome. He said, there's this new drink at the Southern Cup. It's a Red Bull thing called the Atomic Sunrise. And I got you one. Like 12% of my bloodstream is Atomic Sunrise. (laughs) So y'all pray for me because I need it. That's suspicious. How is Rob walking right now? It's suspicious. Um, okay, we need to do this again. Y'all pray for me while I pray for tonight. Jesus, let your will be done. I need you. Help me to get focused. Shut my ADHD up for just a few minutes. And God, in everything we do, we give you glory and honor. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That's suspicious. Part two. John chapter 5, verses 2 through 9. So I'm going to say John. Chapter 5, verse, dose, my multicultural people, what's up? Through 9. See, how come dose was even through 9? I love it. Let's read. Now, there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda. So I'm going to say Bethesda. That's a hard word. Dose was easier, but that's okay. Having five porches, and these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first, somebody say first, First. after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man who was there, who had an infirmity, 38 years, somebody say 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man said, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately, someone say immediately. The man was made well, took up his bed and walked. Jesus, anoint your word. Do what you do. What hits me, man, is he waited by this pool. It was like a pond for 38 years just so that he could be healed. He sat paralyzed for 38 years. For 38 years, he had one goal, to walk. And for 38 years, he failed. Suspicion. The definition of it is this. I told you last week. Suspicion. The lack of belief in someone or something or doubt. Somebody say doubt. After 38 years of the man who needed to be healed, he had to have doubt because by now he still wasn't healed. For 38 years, 
God hadn't done it yet. After 38 years, he had to be suspicious of whether Jesus could actually do it. If it was me, and I was in that position, and I am a paralyzed man, and I've been laying down for 38 years, not being able to move for 38 years, and for who knows how long, I've waited to be the first one in the water to be healed, and every single time I failed, if some dude that I didn't even know came up to me and asked me, hey, do you want to be better? I'm like, why do you think I'm here? Of course I want to be better. But he didn't offer to put him in the water. So of course he had to be suspicious. This man only knew he could be healed by being in the water. And this guy came that he didn't know and offered to heal him without putting him in the water. If that's me, I would say that's suspicious. Someone say that's suspicious. He had to be. John 5, 8 through 9, Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. If I'm honest and I'm that man, in between verses 8 and 9, that'd be pretty hard. Verse 8, Jesus said, rise, take up your bed and walk. And if that's me, I'm like, don't you know how long I've been here? It says immediately the man was made well. The man had a choice to stay down or to get up. Allow his suspicion to keep him paralyzed. Or listen to Jesus. Jesus wanted to heal the man. But the man had to choose whether or not to be paralyzed by his suspicion or stand after 38 years. He was suspicious. Is God going to do what he said he's going to do or not? Tonight we're going to be talking about what we can do to defeat, to overcome the suspicions that we may have about God's doing what he said he's going to do. My first way, if you're taking notes, that you can overcome suspicion. There's three ways that I'm talking about tonight. Way number one is this. I can seek God. Somebody say, I can seek God. God. Jeremiah 29, 13, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. So how can I overcome my suspicion? Simple. Seek God. I'm suspicious that what the Bible says about Jesus is true. How do I beat that? Seek God. It's simple, but a lot of times it's, we overcomplicate it, we make it hard. And when I was a teenager and my youth pastor would say things like, hey, you need to seek God. I'm like, okay, cool, but how does that work? And you may be asking me, Pastor Rob, how do I seek God? Cool, I'm glad you asked. Let's jump into it. How can you seek God? Well, you can do it by reading your Bible, by praying, by listening to worship music rather than other stuff, um, putting other people first. Um, loving people that most people would consider unlovable, that's more like Jesus. Um, And by trying to be more like him. The only way that we can truly overcome suspicion of whether God's going to do what he said he's going to do is if we learn to trust him. And we learn to trust him by getting to know him. And we get to know him by seeking him. And we seek him by praying and fasting and reading our word and worshiping, getting to know him. So how do we overcome suspicion? Well, we seek 
God. The second way we overcome suspicion is this. How do I overcome it? I can stick with it. Somebody say, stick with it. John 5, 5. Now a certain man who is there who had an infirmity 38 years. Somebody say 38 years. That's a long time. 38 years. For a lot of you guys, that's, twi- that's more than twice as old as you are. 38 years. Are there any 12-year-olds in the room? If you're 12, 12-year-olds. Okay. 38. Okay, 12 times 3, 36. More than 3, all the 12-year-olds in the room, more than 3 times your age, he's been paralyzed. He's been sitting on the ground. If he needs to get up, somebody has to carry him. Paralyzed. Can't move. Y'all ever fallen asleep on your arm? And, like you, and it's like dead, and you're like, okay, this is how I go. It's done. Anybody? The other day, I fell asleep. I like took a nap. I don't ever take a nap. I have a one-year-old, so naps aren't really a thing. But this one time, I got lucky and took a nap. And I woke up. I rolled over, and my mom was like, I picked up my arm and did this. I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm paralyzed. <laughs> I'm, like, I picked, it was like asleep like this. I was like, like, rolling over my arm, like, I'm like, okay, it's dead. Like, it's gone. <laughs> I get to look like Bucky now. <laughs> Hannah's like, thank God. <laughs> uh, to all the guys, any of your girlfriends, like, freak out over Sebastian Stan and the Winter Soldier? Anybody? Um, so, <laughs> fellas, be self-conscious till you have a metal arm and PTSD. <laughs> Working on it, babe. I'm trying. I'm trying my best. <laughs> For 38 years... He was stuck. 38 years, he could not move. For 38 years, he tried to be healed. For 38 years, he was stepped over. For 38 years, someone beat him to his healing. How many times did it take him being walked over? How many times did he almost get healed? And he crawled and crawled and crawled and almost bent it to the water, but somebody got there right before him. How many times after he failed did he have to crawl back to his mat, still paralyzed? When you think about it, the amount of times that he failed, how did he keep going? How many times did he have to overcome disappointment? How many times did he fail? Did he almost get healed? How many times was he second place? For 38 years, he tried. For 38 years, he failed. If I'm him, I'm stuck in my doubt. In my mind, I'm not ever going to get healed. But he's stuck with it. Can you imagine the amount of times he crawled? He was like, hey, dude, you're not going to make it. So blind dude walks over, beats him. Dude with a broken arm, beats him. And somebody else that's paralyzed gets thrown in the water quicker. He fought. He said, I'm going to get 
my healing. I don't care what I got to do. For 30, if he had to stay for another year, for 39 years, he'd be fighting. Because for 38 years, he fought. How many times do we give up? After we pray for a week for someone that we love to get saved. Like, oh, well, not saved yet, whatever. And give up. How many times do we pray for a healing and we give up? How many times is your healing worth? How many times is your family member worth praying over? How many times do we pray before we give up? Have we been going for 38 years? If you aren't, if you haven't, your class is right over there. (laughs) You're way too old to be in here. Don't give up. So what can I do if I want to get that? What do I do to overcome the suspicion that I have that God's actually going to do what he said? Well, number one, you seek God. Number two, you stick with it. And thirdly and finally, you stand still. Somebody say, stand still. I'm closing. If someone wants to come play behind me. What does that mean? Stand still. Like, Pastor Rob, you don't get it. I'm trying to accomplish my goals. I got people that I'm trying to reach. Somebody needs to get saved. I need healing. What do you mean, stand still? There's no time to stand still. I've got to go. There's no time to just sit down and take a breath. And for everybody else like that, if you've got a goal, like you can't stop until that goal is accomplished, that's me. Uh, Winterfest. Anybody go to, who went to Winterfest? Let me see you. What, what? Greatest time in the world. Ki- just kidding. For me, it sucked. I loved you guys. had a great, great time hanging with y'all. But when y'all went to sleep, I did work. Um, I was running the event from a stand and with you guys. It was tough. The last night of Winterfest, you guys went to Taco Bell night. Yeah, um, last night of Winterfest, um, I had to go and go and go and go. That night, I got hit in the leg with a forklift. Like, a forklift to the, y'all haven't been hit with a forklift um, to the ankle? My man that was riding, I'm pretty sure he was on drugs. Um, He was not forklift certified. He took me out. Then I go home, or home, I go to our, I go to my room. And I walk in, I'm hit in the face with the funk of teenage boys. I'm like, it's rough. I, walk, I go to sleep, three or four hours, sleep. It's rough. I wake up the next morning, drive three and a half hours to get home. Then we drive home, I drop off all the vehicles. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to bed. When I get home, I'm going to crash. Thank you, God. I've slept nine hours since Thursday. It's Sunday night. Thank you, God. I get home. I'm like, oh, crap. We bought a house, and now i got to move a house. I'm like, if I can't stop, because if I stop, there's a box that's going to be left. It was all of my socks, by the way. I had to buy all new socks. I'm like, if I stop, there's going to be something that I miss. So I'm, like, I'm just going to go and get started, move a couple boxes tonight, call it and I just get make it to where tomorrow when I'm moving gets easier right couldn't stop right so I go I'm gonna fill up the back of my car with like two or three boxes then Keith shows up we fill up his car with a couple boxes then Faith shows up fill up her car with a couple boxes next thing I know 
Keith's dad's truck is there. It's 3 a.m. and I'm moving a washer and dryer for on three on like nine hours of sleep since Thursday, and it's Monday and it's 3 a.m. That's how I am, though. If I like, I can't sit. So if there's something that needs to be done, like I can't sleep until that one thing is done. Anybody else like that? Like once you start, you can't stop. I've got to go, got to go, got to go, got to go, got to go. You like that? You're my people. Please stop. You deserve better than that. Standing still is something I am not wired to do. So when I was studying for this and God dropped stand still in my spirit, I kind of got like dropped it and I kind of like threw it back up like no. That's not how I work. I can't, you, you can't ask me to stand still because I can't do that. There's a goal. It's got to be done. There's no time to sit down. Then there's time to breathe. There's a goal. I got to do it. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. But Psalms 46.10 says this. And when God dropped this, I was like, okay, you win. <laughs> You're smarter than me. Psalm 46.10 says this. It says, be still. I say, be still. That immediately shut down my entire point of God, I got to go. Be still and know that I am God. I will, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Please don't get me wrong. We have to have a mindset of reaching the lost. We have to have a goal in place that nobody we come near goes to hell. That needs to be our mindset. Uh, man, I walk in and there's going to be like, you're going to have to fight me and the and God himself to make the hell. Because I'm going to fight so you don't get that. That needs to be our mindset. That's got to be it. But we also need to understand that when we're trying to reach our friends and trying to reach people that we care about, a lot of times they don't want scripture shoved down their throat. A lot of times we just need to sit still relax and show them that we love them. 1 John 4, 8. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. What I hate is when Christians try to argue with people and hate on people and be mean to people when they're trying to reach them. The worst way that you can convince somebody to follow Jesus is to, to be a jerk to them. Why would I want to follow him if he's anything like you and you're a jerk? I don't want to be a jerk. The way that we show love to people, the way that we reach people is by standing still and by breathing and saying, hey, I love you. It's okay. God loves you. Arguing with people does not change people. It just makes them mad. By showing them love, by sitting still. That's how we change the world. So I can see God. I can stick with it. And I can stand still. You guys can stand up. We're, we're closing. While reading this story about the man who needed to be healed... He was at the pool of Bethesda. I started to do a little research. Somebody say Bethesda. Bethesda. 
the pool of Bethesda, um, if you look in Hebrew, what Bethesda means, Bethesda actually means house of mercy. That's the definition of Bethesda. House of mercy. So Bethesda is supposed to represent a church. Where do you go when you're sick and you need to get better? You go to the church. Where do you go when you're hurting and you're broken? You go to the church. Where do you go when you're spiritually blind? The church. Where do you go when you spiritually can't move and you're paralyzed? The church. Where do you go when you need to meet Jesus? You go to the house of mercy. The church is supposed to be a house of mercy where broken and hurting people find healing for themselves. Suspicion is this, the lack of belief in someone or something or doubt. Whether the healing that someone needs is emotional or physical or spiritual, they need to be able to find it in the church. When you talk about church with somebody, eventually the topic of church hurt happens. Hey man, I went to church, but man, they were they were jerks to me. Been there. I went to church, but man, they were they were mean. They found out something I did and they screwed me over when they talked down about me, they gossiped about me, they did me dirty. When we change our view of the church, man, this is a place where people come when they need mercy. That this Gateway Students, Gateway Church, it is a house of mercy. When the girl in your class gets pregnant and she has nowhere to turn, she can turn to you because you represent the house of mercy. When the partier keeps partying and he has nowhere to turn, he can turn to you because you represent the house of mercy. If you are somebody who claims to be a Christian, but you don't represent a house of mercy, please, for the love of God, stop saying you're a Christian because you make me look bad. And I love you. And I mean this in the most merciful way possible. Jesus loves you and he will forgive you of having a religious spirit. But until then, please stop saying you're like me. And more so than that, stop saying you're like Jesus. Because that's who you represent. And If you go to somebody that says they don't want to go to church, 99% of the time, what they'll say is because of the hypocrites. And because of the other people in the room. Mahatma Gandhi. If you haven't heard of him, look him up. Changed the world. Really did. Led a lot of people away from Christ. He said this, and he's quoted saying this. I would have become a Christian. Studied the words of Jesus. Studied the Bible. Loved what Jesus did. He said this, I would have become a Christian if I had never met a Christian. 
preach the gospel. Make it hard for people you come in contact with to go to hell. That's the goal. However, if you're not showing love, if you don't love, you don't know God. The house of mercy, this man had sat there, the church, it sat there paralyzed for 38 years without ever experiencing his healing. I believe in the church, specifically in Gateway students. And maybe it's not been 38 years of hurt, but there's people in this room that need a healing. And maybe it's been for a long time. And you've tried going to church and you haven't gotten your healing yet. The reason why this man never experienced his healing for 38 years was because no matter how close he got, people in the church stepped over him. We need to have a spiritual goal together of starting a revival in here and our goal together to reach the lost. And the only way we can do it is, is if we stop stepping over the people that are spiritually sick. If we stop stepping over the girl that has a sex problem. If we stop stepping over the alcoholic. How many future youth pastors get stepped over because they're an alcoholic? How many beautiful anointed women of God get stepped over because they have a bad reputation? Ask yourself this. How many people do I step over because once I've gotten my mercy at the house, I'm too good to show mercy and point them to the house. How many people have you stepped over? How many people have you kicked down so that you could go get your healing? When we step together, that's when we will experience healing. The only way we could do it is if we work together. We walk hand in hand together. Love the gay kid. Love the alcoholic. Love the girl with a bad reputation. And watch what will happen. Nothing could heal this man. But when everybody else stepped over the alcoholic youth pastor... I'll call it future youth pastor. When everyone else stepped over the girl with a bad reputation. You know, there was a girl with a bad reputation in the Bible. And nobody worshiped Jesus like she did. There was a guy in the Bible with a bad mouth who had a bad reputation. And Jesus said, that's the guy that I'm going to build my church on. Peter, Mary, 
what can we do if we change the way we present ourselves? I mean, yeah, I was lost, but now I'm found. Let me point you to the house. Get better. Stop sinning. But hey, you belong here. Gateway students, we, as the leader of the student ministry here in this church, we are a house of mercy. And if you can't show mercy to people, stop saying you're a Christian. And if you want to be one of us, because all are welcome, point to Jesus, point to mercy. And that's what we do. Everybody bow your heads, close your eyes. Nobody's looking around. Number one, I need prayer because I need to seek God more. If that's you, let me see you. I need to seek God more. I see you guys. I see y'all. You can put your hand on. Sweet. Hey, leaders, if you want to get ready, come up to the front in prayer um, because we want to pray with you. Number two, I need to stick with it. I'll start, so I'll start my Bible reading plan, and then I stop. I will pray for about half a second, get distracted, and then I'll stop. I've got, I'll start something, but I will not stick with it. I need to stick with it and not give up. If that's you, I, I need to stick with it. Let me see you. That's what's up. Yeah, that's tough. That's a tough one for me sometimes. It was a lot in the past, too. You put your hands down. I see you guys. And this one's tough. And make sure nobody's looking around for this one because I don't want anybody to feel ashamed. If you're in this room, say, Rob, I'm a Christian. I go to church. I read my Bible. But I'm a bad representation of Jesus. I don't represent a house of mercy. I've got a spirit of religion. alcoholic kid came in the room if the pregnant chick came in the room if the lost person came in the room I would be the first one to stare at him I don't have love and I don't represent Jesus like I need to if that's you and no one's looking around not even the leaders are looking at this one it's just me and you I don't represent Jesus like I need to if that's you let me see you. I want to be I want to be willing to pray with you because you're not alone. I see you. I see you. Anybody else? Yeah, I see you. I see you. Anybody else? That's all right. This is a house of mercy. You're allowed to be real. Anybody else? Yeah. Yeah, put your hands down. I see you. This is a house of mercy. Jesus will forgive you for the times you haven't represented him. You are whole even though you dropped the ball. You're new. And you could have gone every day before I'm not representing him right, but today is a new day. You You bring the house of mercy. You bring Bethesda wherever you go now. If you're in this room, you say, hey, I need to get things right with Jesus. There's sin in my life. Um, 
I've either I've asked Jesus in my heart before, or for the very first time, I want to ask Jesus in my heart. I want to be a follower of Him. If that's you, let me see you. This is huge. This is huge. I want to ask. I want to get things right with Jesus tonight. Raise them high. This is this is huge. One, two, more, three. Anybody else? I see three. Is there any uh, anybody else? Yeah. Yeah, that's what's up. Hey, if you raise your hand for that last one, look up at me. Make eye contact with me. Bro. Dude. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the family, bro. The Bible talks about how we're the body of Christ. We're a family, right? Now look at me. You raise your hand for that last one. Look at me. This is huge. What this means is this. Uh, the Bible talks about how we're joint heirs with Christ, meaning that we have a big brother in Jesus. And what that means is you and I are siblings. I got your back. I got your back. You're not alone in this. My little brother came and crashed in my house the other night. It's cool. He, he does that every once in a while. But brothers... And sisters, we have each other's backs. If you need me, I got you. Hey, if you need me, I got you. These leaders, they got you. And then when you drop the ball, because I promise you, you're going to drop the ball. When you fail, man, I'm not going to be the guy and these leaders won't be the people that when you drop you're human when you drop the ball we're not the people that like what are you doing I told you I told you that's not us man I'm gonna pick you up I got your back these leaders got your back you're not alone welcome to the family welcome to the brotherhood got a big brother in me, but more importantly, you have a big brother in Jesus. Welcome. That's huge. That's huge. What we're going to do for the two that raise their hand and get saved, man, that's huge. What we're going to do is we're going to have everybody in the room, front to the back, me behind a mic, students in the room, everybody. We're going to repeat after me. Pray this prayer. Say this. Say, dear God, I admit I've sinned. But I believe you've saved me. Now, I'm going to tell the whole world about it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to the family. That's huge. For everybody else, I'm going to pray a dismissal prayer over you. But if you raise your hand for any of the four reasons, and you want someone to talk with, Somebody to pray with. Somebody to walk this out with you. Because these leaders up in the front, we love you. We've been there. We're here for you. But if you need someone to talk with or pray with, that's what we're here for. We want to pray with you. I'm going to pray you out. If you want to stay and pray, please pray. If you need to go, you can go. Jesus, we love you. God, let me be a representative of you. Let me be a house of mercy. Let me be Bethesda. Let me be a house of mercy. And when other people are stepped over, help me to bring them to Jesus. 
and these men and women of God that are in this room that are seeking you. Let them be Bethesda's houses of mercy. Thank you for the new family members. We lift you up in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys are dismissed. If you want to stay and pray or talk with the leader, you can. Love you guys. We'll see you next week.